And if you'll turn with us, I'll read two scriptures, but if you'll turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 here. Um, like I said, I'm so excited to be here on Father's Day. I decided to to dress like a, a very typical father figure. I, I have the graphic tee that I received as a Father's Day gift. I, I have Crocs on, off-brand Crocs, because real dads don't wear name brand. They wear the off-brand. Um, so I, I, I try to really come and pre- represent the dads, you know, the, the dads in our in our lives. And I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, and I was coming here, I, I got to thinking, you know, uh, I used to play the guitar by ear, but now I use my hands. Um, so that, that's your that's your dad joke for for today. I won't sprinkle any more in. Um, but um, I, I'm thankful for fathers, you know. And we look in media, we we look at maybe different shows or or movies or books that we read, and in our own life, you know, we we have all kinds of different ways that dads are portrayed. You know, the goofy dads, the strict dads. The but I, I'm thankful that there's all kinds of different dads, and God gives us. Uh, dads or father figures in our lives that we need. I'm so thankful for that. Um, but over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, we'll read there. But we have been talking um, about the past couple of weeks is vision and, and values. We have a, a vision. Scripture clearly shows us this vision. We just put it in the words like this, that, that we, you know, we want to be walking, we want to be moving, taking steps towards Christ. Not do it alone, but we want to do it with our community, with those that are around us, maybe the ones that are in our household, maybe the ones that live on our street or we go to school with or, or anywhere up in, up and down Elk Valley Road or, or anything. We want to be moving towards Christ with them as a church, and we want them to come along with us. And we talked about some values, some ways that, that we can do that. We talked about using our gifts, how we all have gifts, different gifts. Some of us, you know, it might be very present and tangible. Maybe it's speakers, maybe it's teachers, and, and others maybe less so. Maybe they are just a, have a servant's heart, and they're not always seen. They're behind the scenes, but everybody has gifts to use. We talked about how we should be learning about Christ, learning who He is, but then turning around and sharing that knowledge with others. And we've also talked about last week that we need to be building relationships, that we're not supposed to live life alone, we're not supposed to just isolate from other people, we're not supposed to push other people away, but we should look at Christ's example and build relationships with people that are around us. And we're going to continue in that idea of these values, things that we can do to to be pleasing to God, to fulfill the vision that God has put before us. We're going to be talking about putting others first. Uh, now this is something we you know we talk about since a very very little young age. If you have a brother or sister, if you have a sibling, or maybe cousins or something that was over a lot of times, your parents probably told you you need to be putting them first or sharing with them or or taking turns and not just hoarding everything. That ultimately comes down to putting others first. We're going to be talking about fathers in this. Um, we're going to read some scripture first. So over here in Galatians chapter five, verse thirteen through fifteen, it says this. For you were called to be free, brothers, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. So that's in Galatians. We're also going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 says this, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So last week we talked about building relationships. Um, building relationships is important, but if, I mean, if we're all honest, building relationships sometimes can be difficult. 
uh, we, we want to start it. Maybe we, we had that relationship with somebody we love. Maybe it was a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend or somebody. We, we started off really great, but then things maybe deteriorated. We had a great friend at some point in our in our childhood and school age, and then something happened and long life things just fell apart. And what we I want you to realize is that putting others first is a, a key to relationships. It's a key to your relationship with Christ. It's a key to your relationship with your church. It's a key to relationship with everybody that you live around is that there comes times that we need to put others first. We all probably know someone that always is thinking about themselves. I mean, we probably do. Come across, maybe it's family, maybe somebody you live with, maybe somebody you go to school with or you work with. We probably come across somebody in our life, present or past, that just they think that they are the center of the universe. They think that they're the only ones that matter, that their opinion's the best opinion, that they're the ones that needs to get what they want. And I think if we're all honest, those relationships usually are not healthy relationships. They're not relationships that grow. They're not relationships that produce fruit. They're not relationships that are pleasing to Christ. It even it mirrors what they call uh, the period in, in development for a two to three year old. This is when they're egocentric. If you have if you have a two or three year old, if you ever had one, you realize they don't think there's anything else in the world besides them. Their opinion, what want, what they want, what they think, it's the most important thing. For them, the idea that somebody else has feelings, that somebody else has desires, that somebody else might be right, is just foreign to them. They have no concept of that, that anybody else could have any good opinion besides themselves. You know, and that, that's development. That, that's what we've seen. Two to three-year-olds, that's just the, that's their, they are their world. They can't see it any other way. But our scripture really talks about this and tells us the importance of humility and putting others first. Because Galatians basically is telling us that the freedom that we have, that we get from being saved and having a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we shouldn't use that for our own glory, for our own self, but that it should be exercised by serving one another. So basically, it's, it's Paul saying this, hey, you, you people of Galatia, that freedom that you have now, we're being saved from having a relationship, that freedom should bring you or cause you or stir you or drive you to serve others, to look out for your fellow man, to be a help to those that are around you. Your freedom isn't necessarily just for you. Your, that freedom that Christ gives is meant to be used to help others. And then he goes and tells the people in Philippi, he tells them that, you know, the priority shouldn't be what they want. It shouldn't always be what their own interests are, but they should have other people's interests just as important in their own lives. Now, we have a lot of fathers that think this way, that have this attitude, that, that have this desire to put others first. Maybe it's their, their children. They put their children first. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. If the kid wants it, if the kid needs it, they go to any and every extent to make sure that kid has it, even if it is hard on them or brings hardship on their life or what they need or what they want or their dreams or whatever it is, they put that child first. Or maybe it's a husband with a spouse or whatever it is, and, and they're putting her first, and they're really elevating her and encouraging her. We we have fathers in our church, in our lives, father figures that fill that role. I looked up and I was looking at fathers, you know, to see some of the things they did. And this is a picture that wasn't taken too long ago. And, and it, it's a father and his son. It's pouring the rain. It's just a, a monsoon kind of thing. And, and they only have the one umbrella. And the little boy, you can see he's going to school and dad's walking him to school. And and looks like he's probably got some breakfast in his hand over there. And the dad, he's dressed up for work. He might have a big meeting or something like that. But he sees that his little boy has a need. He sees that there's something going on that he can can make a sacrifice. 
He can put his son before himself and make sure his little boy is taken care of. Now, we don't know this man's name. We don't know the little boy's name. We don't know their whole situation. But what we see here is a man that takes his position as the father very seriously. We see somebody that cares for his child. We see somebody that is putting his child first. Putting him first. And no doubt that same attitude he has towards his child, he probably is an example of that to his wife and other people that are around him. And that little boy is learning that same attitude by his father practicing it around him. His father doesn't think so much of himself that it's more important for him to be dry than for his son to be dry. He puts his son first. I found this uh, about Ulysses S. Grant. He was president general and everything during the Civil War. Um, he, he said, um, tells the story, says, there was once a, a reception for Ulysses S. Grant. He was going to be awarded all these, these great things for what he did in, in the war and, and everything. And he was walking to, to the place that they were going to have it. And he met somebody else going the same way. And it was pouring the rain and everything. And the one man didn't have an umbrella. So, so Ulysses, he, he offered his to the man. And they, they walked in together and, and they found out that, that other man was going to the same reception. He said, I just wanted to go see Ulysses S. Grant. I just don't think he, he's much of a, a man. I think they um, you know, probably blow him up too much or think too much of him. And Ulysses S. Grant, knowing that this man didn't know who he was, said, you know, I think the same thing about him. I think they take him too seriously, that they think he's bigger than he really is. And he's showing that this man, Ulysses S. Grant, didn't have a, a bloated perception of himself that he thought that he was greater than everybody else. We should have the same desire like this man had to, to realize that it wasn't all about him, that there was other things that were, were important. But the sad thing is, is that we always don't have this perception. And the scripture basically lays it out. It basically, in, in, one, in Philippi, he says, you know, hey, you know, there's an exact opposite of what I'm talking about here. I'm telling you to be humble, but what you're seeing and what I'm seeing a lot of times is that there's people that are, have rivalry, that they have conceit, that they have something against one another. They're always opposing one another. And he said that's not the way that it should be. What we don't realize sometimes is when we are not humbling ourselves, when we're not putting ourselves on the same level as other people, we automatically begin to elevate ourselves over other people. Because we have the tendency to do that within ourselves, within our fleshly, sinful self. We automatically tend to begin to elevate ourselves and put ourselves higher and think better of ourselves and put ourselves in a position where we think that we are doing pretty good. And we have to intentionally humble ourselves and put others first. And what we do, though, sometimes is when we think of ourselves too highly, we begin to think of the world as a competition, that we are competing against other people to get something, to get to the next place, to get to the next level, to do better in a job, to have a better family, to have a better blessing, to have whatever it is that we think that we are competing against other people. In Galatians, he tells them, he says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for your own flesh. He says, don't use this freedom that you've had to elevate yourself. Don't use it to put yourself in a better position. Don't use it to advance yourself. He says, that's not what it's about. If you've ever watched some kind of maybe National Geographic documentary about the, the Saharas or the wild or anything, and you see like hyenas or any kind of wild animal, you see them when they go to eat, what they do is they push each other out of the way and they, they fight over the limited resources because they think they are the most important part and that they need to make sure they have something to eat, and then that other person, they can figure it out on their own. When we fail to humble ourselves, and when we fail to put others before ourselves, we have that same mentality. 
I've got to get mine. I've got to take care of myself. I've got to make sure I get what I need and everybody else can figure out their thing. I'll take care of me and mine. You take care of you and yours. And we'll just see where it falls. But that is not the mentality that Christ shows us. It is not what He wants for us. Think of it this way. How did Satan end up tempting Eve and then ultimately Adam to to take of the fruit and ultimately the fall and sin came into the world? He appealed to their self-interest. If you read in Genesis, basically it says this. He tells them, God told you, you know, hey, you, you, you will die. He says, surely you will not die. Not only that, but you would become like God. He appealed to their self-interest. He appealed to something that they wanted, that they thought was important. And they put themselves before God. And ultimately that led to their destruction, and ultimately our destruction through sin. See, self-interest rarely leads us to a good place. Self-interest leads us to push people away if they're getting, if we think they're getting in our way. Self-interest leads us to ignore our families, to ignore our children, to ignore our wives or anybody else around us because we are pursuing our own interest. Self-interest makes us sometimes cut corners or do things that are not right, that are sinful, because all we're concerned about is getting to a place that we need to be instead of being concerned about others around us and making sure they are what they need, that we are there for them, that we are caring for them, that they are taken care of, that the church is growing or that the community is is learning about Christ. We put our interests before the good of others. And we think that we're the most important. And that's not what God models. You know, all these values that I've been talking about over the past couple weeks, all of them come from attributes and characteristics of Jesus Christ himself. You know, Jesus had gifts. He used his gifts. He told Mary, he said, I must be about my father's business. He, he learned. He went to the temple. He saw, sat and listened to others. But even though he knew everything, he listened to them. But then he also, he taught them as well. We talked about last week. He built relationships. The majority of his life was spent building relationships. But really, if there is one value that we're going to talk about that completely and totally encapsulates who Jesus is, it has to be this one. Because from his very conception and birth, we see that he was putting us before himself. Because it says that he left the goods and the throne of heaven to come and walk with man. He put us before him. He took on the the plot of man. He took on the temptation. He took on the the, the hunger and the thirst that we feel. He he took on the the desires and the, the things that we struggle against. He took all these things on when he didn't have to. That's putting us before himself. He went and he he put himself he was he was persecuted. He was he was put down by the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He was talked about. The Bible says he didn't even have a place to lay his head. He was in constant moving and transitioning from place to place. He he didn't have a home. He didn't have a place to rest. He he really always lived his life just moving about having less than everybody else around him. He put us before himself. And ultimately, he came, he goes before Pilate, he goes before Herod, he, he goes before uh, the courts and all these, and then he's put there but with Barabbas to the whole congregation, all the people of the Jews as they cried out for him to be crucified. And he, he put us before himself. 
And he took the lashings and he took the cross and he bore it up Calvary and Golgotha's hill. He, he went to the cross and he hung there and he, he didn't cry out for, for his father to send the angels. He didn't say for it to be, be for, to end it all and to take him home. He, he cared for others. Even on the cross he said, John, your mother, mother, your son. He cared for others greater than himself. Amen. So we need to look, as we look at these values, we look at these ideas in our life, I want us to understand that we are trying to emulate Christ to the best of our ability by doing these things. By putting others first, we are trying to mirror a key attribute of who Christ was on this earth, of putting others first. Jesus came and He told one place, He said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And we read in this scripture, it said, by this, by loving your neighbor as yourself, the law is fulfilled. The 613 commands that nobody could feel from the Mosaic law, that the Sadducees and Pharisees strove and lived their life to try to fulfill, that nobody had come and been holy enough and been good enough to fulfill these things. Jesus said, I want to come and fulfill it. And he fulfilled it by loving others more than he loved himself. And we too can fulfill the extent of the law that Christ desires for us by loving others more than we love ourselves. Now I'm not trying to say that you need to sell everything you have and, and live in a little hut and you need to give everything you have to the I'm not trying to say that. I'm not saying that you should beat yourself up and think that you're a bad person. That's not what humility is. Humility is just realizing and coming to terms with the idea that I'm not the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread. Humility is just saying that the person I live next to, the person I live with, the person that I go to work with or go to school with is just as important as I am. That Jesus loves them just as much as He loves me. That they deserve good, they deserve happiness, they deserve joy just as much as I do. And that I shouldn't solely be concerned with my happiness, but that I should also be concerned with others. Happiness. It's not saying each and every day that you live, you have to spend all your time going and filling everybody else's need, but it is saying that you need to not only be concerned about yourself, but be concerned about others. And we can get caught up in the world we live in with ourselves. Because sometimes it feels like we can barely get enough time to take care of what I need, barely have enough time to take care of my house, take care of my family. I know fathers feel that. I know dads feel that weekly and daily. It's like there's all kinds of stuff at my house to do. Why I don't have time to help somebody else. But, but we are called to put others first. Called to recognize their need and fulfill their need and view it as just as important as my need. And it's not easy. I'm not trying to say that this is some easy thing that, that Christ exemplified. Christ is the only one that truly lived it out in a perfect sense every day. He's the only one. But what does the Bible tell us? That we are now imbued, that we are now, that Christ now lives in us once we have received that freedom that Paul is talking to the Galatians about. We have now received that relationship with Christ. He now lives in us. And by that freedom, we should use it to serve and love and help others. Now, I, I, I view values as very important in my life, in my family's life, in our church as well. 
But if, if you pick one, you know, they, they all kinds of, if you pick one, what, what Paul is saying, if you pick one, if you pick one thing to follow, if you pick one direction to point your life, if you pick one thing to focus on in, in your life, if you pick one thing to really prioritize, he says, do this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't think of yourself higher than your neighbor. And that's something that it's easy to start. It's easy to start. You don't have to memorize a number of verses. You don't have to have a degree in some sense. You don't even have to have a lot of money to do these things. We just have to see other people and see that they are important and love them like Christ has loved us. As husbands, as fathers, I believe we all all, all do that. We try to do that. Young men should desire to do that when they become husbands and, and fathers. But we all have this call to put others first, to put our siblings first, to put our, our spouse first, to put our, our parents first, to put our neighbors first, to love them like Christ has loved us. If we do that, if you do that just a little bit, you will recognize the change that it can begin to have in people's lives, the change that it can have in your life. I've never felt so much joy in my life until Harper was born. And it's not just the fact that she exists, but the fact that I can be that much of a help to somebody. That I can show that much love to somebody. And it doesn't have to be a child. It can be anybody that we can show that love to. That we can assist in such a great way to feel like that, hey, I've, I've been there for that person. And know that we have followed and been pleasing to Christ. It should be all of our desires.